What's up, everybody? My name is Benny, and we are now in the Chop Shop. And on today's episode, I got a good buddy with me, Rob. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Good. How are you, bro? Thanks for I having me am on. Doing, I, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah. I appreciate it. So Rob is a good a good friend of mine. We met uh, a few years ago when we came to the Promise Center, the church. And uh, at the time, you and your wife were assisting on right. the, the youth team. And uh, since then, you guys are now the youth pastors for... It's been about what? It's almost like going like on two years now. That's crazy. Time has flown by yeah. fast. I think so. we kind of like took over right after summer camp in yeah. 2021. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. late August and okay. we've never looked back. It's been yeah. pretty cool. And we just finished summer camp a, a, a week ago or two ago? Yeah. It was by far like our best camp that we've yeah. had. We had over 35 students uh, like say yes to Jesus for the first time. That's awesome, man. Over like 15 students, uh, they rededicated their lives to Christ. Yeah. And then on our final night, which I know that you were there, yeah, we yeah. had over 20 students receive uh, the Holy Spirit, which that's cool, man. God is just so good. So <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting times at MU. Yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. So I wanted to bring Rob on. Um, amazing young guy, uh, somebody that, um, you know, I appreciate, you know, everything that you guys do. Um, and I just wanted to bring you on to kind of like share your story. You know, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, from the outside, we look at people, uh, and we're like, man, they just got it all figured out. Life was just easy (laughs) for them, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, I, you know, you and you and your wife are, are people that honestly, you guys, everywhere you guys go, uh, there's a glow, there's a shine and light on your life, obviously. And, and people love being around you guys. Um, you yourself, you're an amazing encourager. And, um, but I also wanted to give an opportunity for people to hear your story, like, right. And kind of, you know, how did Rob get here? You know, what, what did he, what did he experience in life? So tell me, man, like you didn't, you weren't born here in Santa Rosa. Right. Um, so tell us like where you grew up. (laughs) And I, what I that always life was love. Like. I always love to rep this, but uh, born and raised Stockton, California, two oh nine. Nate Diaz, Aaron Judge, homies. That <laughs> I personally like. I I've met. I grew up actually with Aaron Judge. We played yeah. baseball like growing up. He's a really cool guy. Was hoping that he'd come to the Giants. Yeah, but, didn't happen. Uh, didn't yeah, didn't work out. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up uh, in Stockton really most of my life. Um, and it, it was great. You you really don't know the intensity of Stockton till yeah. you till you leave it. Gotcha. And so when I moved here about four years ago, um, it was maybe like a couple of months right before COVID. Yeah. Um, I went back to go visit one time, and I was like, my gosh, like, did I really grow up here? Like, this <laughs> is this is insane. Yeah. There's there's a lot going on, and it moves very quick. Um. But it molds you. It molds you into like a certain type of individual. Yeah. And uh, like I'm proud of my roots. Like I grew up in Eastside Stockton and it, it really helped shape me like who I am today. And uh, like I love it. I miss it. Yeah, yeah. But I know where I'm like meant to be. And so I, I don't regret moving to Santa Rosa at all. It's been a great place yeah. to me. So Stockton is, um, for people who don't know, right. it's located. So it's in the Central Valley. So okay. it's about 45 minutes south of San, uh, Sacramento. Okay. And so it's 
Central Valley, we're not near like any type of water. It gets really hot in the yeah, summer. Right. I usually tell like my friends, I'm like, man, when it's like 90s in Stockton, yeah. it's a pretty good summer. Yeah. Um, so we're like in that <laughs> central area. It's probably about like two hours away from San Francisco. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a cool place. Yeah, and I mean, just like anywhere else, Stockton has its problems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what's like the, I guess the culture of Stockton? Like, what is there to do? What do people? What do what do people do in Stockton? And and what's the scene like there? You know, I I mean, realistically, the big thing to do out there is to go visit other places. Is to try <laughs> to get out of Stockton. Okay. Um, so you, we go to places like Sac, San Francisco. Yeah. We'll go to the Bay Area. Um, but it's cool. I mean, Stockton's really known for it's just like very high energy. Like yeah. there's a lot of like car shows and stuff like that. Gotcha. We have like a big downtown area where there's like a huge movie theater, a lot of good like dinner places and yeah. stuff like that. I know that some of our friends here that have gone to Stockton for like concerts because we have like yeah. a, a huge um, arena out there. Um, they'll go and like try some like places out to eat. It's pretty good. Um, but realistically, it's it's man, it's, it's amazing. Um, but when you really look back at it, you, you're, it's very family oriented. Okay. I'd say that like a lot of people are very close. They're connected. They stay together. Like I, I remember growing up, like my family, like would always have barbecues, hang out like every night. And what's amazing about it is that we weren't like the only families doing that in like our neighborhood. It felt like it was just a collective thing amongst families, whether if they were Latinos, if they were Caucasians, it was just very like family oriented and staying connected. Um, So like you said, Stockton has uh, its reputation, but it's very connected and people really support each other, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So tell me about then like your childhood growing up there, like, you know, uh, what was, what was that like for you? You know, it was a, it was, it was a good, it was a great childhood. You know, I had both my parents like in the home. Um, I was, I'm the oldest, you know, like yourself and it, like, it was really good. You know, my parents were very like involved, got me like involved in sports, you know, really took, uh, you know, they, they, it was very important for them to, you know, help me like in my education and stuff like that. And I had, I do have a great relationship with with my parents. Like my mom is still uh, in Stockton, got out of the East Side, which yeah. is cool. My yeah. dad's out there too, and uh, I, I that's what I realistically like remember. Like at such a young age, is just being very, uh, just being very connected, like with my parents, mm-hmm. super supportive, like loved me, sacrificed like a lot yeah. for me. Um, I would say probably in my teenage years is when uh there there was just a lot of things that took place in my life where i i felt like my world flipped upside down right and uh uh which i know i've shared this with you and i've shared this with you know a couple of different people um i come from a family of alcoholics yeah drug users um a lot of my family deals with depression mm. i've been diagnosed with depression yeah and uh I remember it was about 13 or 14 years old. Um, you know, my father like was my hero. Yeah. We had a great relationship, taught me like so much that like I know just about life, about sports, uh, you know, baseball, we were super like involved in that. And I'll never forget when I was 13, uh, there was a day that he didn't show up uh, or he didn't go to work and he was 
he was sick, mm-hmm. just just at home. It was just me. My brother was a lot younger than I was. He was probably about like five or six years old. And I'll never forget that he was kind of running around the house, was was throwing up multiple times. And my mind at at 13 years old was processing, oh, he's sick. Yeah. You know, took a yeah. day off of work and, you know, we get it. Um, and I think as time kind of went on for like the next couple of days, even kind of turned into weeks, I had come to an understanding that uh, he was battling an addiction with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that his father dealt with and died from. Yeah. His father's father, you know, dealt with and died from. His father's father's father. Like, it's been about like four or five generations uh, on my father's side where they dealt with that same addiction and right. lost their life at such a young age. Wow. And uh, that was my first time really experiencing um, what addiction could do. Um, and it really, it really just opened my eyes to just the, the issues of life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's just probably just a little bit of where I got to that point at 13, 14, yeah. 15 years old. And, and what was, like, how, how, did your, how did your mom, you know, handle that? You know, I think she, I think she handled it the way, the best that she could. Yeah. Um, I think at that point they were probably married for about a good 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of coming from like a very like Christian home at the time, like separation and, you know, kind of walking away from things like that. You just didn't do, um, right. especially when there's children involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. my, Really, my mom's response was really, you know, supporting my dad. Yeah. Being there for him, um, you know, trying to, like, work it out. Um, and, it, and it was good. You know, there was times where, like, my father, he, he, you know, would have, like, moments of sobriety for a couple of months. And it just became like a, you know, there would just be a, a, a cycle of yeah. him relapsing. And then we're kind of, like, at, the, at square one again. Right. And so you, so you as the oldest one, then uh, how many siblings do you have? It's me and my brother. Okay, yeah. so like, how, how much younger? How, how much younger is your brother? Than you? <sighs> We're about like six, seven years. Okay, apart. Okay, so there's a there's a pretty good gap. Yeah. So by the time you kind of notice what's going on, he's too young, right, to kind of yeah, understand process. what's going on. Okay, got it. So, so you guys are Christian home, going to church. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, your dad's dealing with this, your mom, you know, the family's having to go through this, like, you know, what, what was your experience in church, like, while this was going on? You know, what's, what's interesting about that time is I felt like as the addiction escalated, mm-hmm. um, that's probably when my family as a whole kind of like walked away from going okay. to church. And so me at, you know, 13, 14 years old, I was kind of like, okay, well, yeah. you know, I, I've got my friends outside of church, right, I'm involved right. in sports, um, and, you know, I'm kind of doing my own thing. So at, I would say at that time, it really didn't play a factor uh, in my life. You know, me yeah. praying to God, looking to God, there was just a complete disconnect um, and really like my surrounding friends they didn't go to church. They didn't really know about God. And so it yeah. was just something that I 
never really thought of or at least put like in the back burners of my mind. Yeah. And and what did that do for you? Like what did that do to you with your relationship with your dad? You know, I think I think in those teenage years I was I was really hopeful that you know, life would get itself together that my dad would put the bottle down. Uh and I think at that time I really didn't have an understanding of what what addiction is. Yeah. Um I thought it was really something as easy as well you can just stop. Yeah. And yeah. move on with your life and things things will be good. And I felt like as the years you know continued to go on and as his addiction, you know, continued to to just get worse, um there was there was really a strain in our relationship. Mm. Uh, and I think as I got older, I came to realize that I had felt rejected uh, through my teenage years. Yeah, I felt rejected um, from my father uh, because number one, he was my, he was my number right. one hero. Right. Yeah. You know, I looked up to him. He taught me everything that I knew. Um, he was realistically my biggest support system. Yeah. And we, we just had a great, uh, great relationship growing up. And then in an instant, it felt like it never existed. Yeah. Um, and so that did something to me growing like through my teenage years where I, as like a young man who doesn't have a relationship with God, doesn't have a, a Christian support system. Yeah. Uh, I was looking for fulfillment and I was looking, you know, for wholeness in my life, uh, in places, you know, in relationships, in friendships, in certain circles, uh, in alcohol itself at 16 years old. And, you know, through those different avenues and those different lanes where I looked, I always felt empty. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, there was really nothing that would make me feel whole or feel complete or fulfilled and so I would realistically say probably from like the age of 14 to about 16 or 17 were probably some of the darkest times of my life I'll never forget when I was when I was 16 uh, my father wasn't working he was you know he was drinking pretty much every day and I would just come home from school lay in bed you know we we couldn't even like there was really nothing to do but just kind of be in our rooms, do, you know, just kind of like watch TV. And I'll never forget asking the question at 16 years old, like, is there anything else to life mm-hmm. other than this? Mm-hmm. Because if there's not, then I don't, I don't want to yeah. look any further. I don't want to, I don't want to go any further. And that's a, it's a big question for yeah. any teenager to ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I was at. And thankfully, I had gone. Well, let me rephrase that. Thankfully, my mother had saw <laughs> kind of in the, the state that I was at. And she made the decision. She was like, you know what? You're, you're going to go to your church camp. I know we haven't gone to church in like a couple of years, but you're going to go. Yeah. Maybe she just wanted to get rid of me yeah. like for that week, right, whatever, right, right. whatever it looked like. <laughs> um, but she was like, you're going to go, you're going to spend time like with your cousins. A lot of my cousins and family, like they attended church. They were like on church leadership and stuff like that. And we went to Lake Tahoe, uh, in 2007 and like at that point, like had, didn't know how to pray. Right. Yeah. Didn't, didn't like, I wasn't in a service for a couple of years now. 
but I'll never forget that on a Tuesday night uh, in Lake Tahoe, I had felt the presence of God for the first time in my life. Yeah. Where there there was no pain, there was there was no uh, there was like no emptiness. It was just the the completeness, just presence of God, just filling my life in that moment. And it was it was the first time in a long time where I felt just loved, yeah, accepted. I I felt in that moment that like the arms of of Christ just wrapped Himself around me and said, "I love you." Yeah, like I'm here. Right. Like you, like you are my son, and like I want to be with you, like moving forward. Right. And that was a that was a a just a really like pivot in my life that I needed at that time. Um, so I thank my mom for that. Yeah. That was that was big when I when I went back uh, from summer camp. It was just a complete 180. Yeah, uh, yeah, which was amazing. Yeah. So from that from that moment forward, you know, y- your your life completely changed. Like you had a different perspective of the situation, and for sure, yeah. I think it was just so big because I now got close to a community of of other teenagers, friends that I grew up with, yeah. um, that I hadn't connected with for such time, that were a great support system. Um, I got close to my youth pastor and like the leaders in that church and they, they were a great support system. And so I felt like from that moment after summer camp, really to like the end of high school that the Lord was constantly calling me for more like, Hey, like, you know, what, what your plans are, what you think, like what you want to do with your life. I have a, I have a bigger plan than that. Yeah. And I felt that tug, Really like those latter years of my high school years. And it was, it it was just amazing. Like my friends, like things that I would pray about my friends, my leaders, they would confirm that like, Hey, God's got something better. God's got something bigger. Um, like whatever you're chasing, whatever you're seeking, whatever you think you have an understanding of, like, give it to God, let him show you, let him reveal it to you. And, uh, I think once I turned 18, I had to make that decision of like, God, I'm going all in for this. Mm-hmm. And I, I really never looked back on it. So what did that do with your relationship with your dad then? Like once you had that experience with, with God and it changed your life, like how did that change your relationship? Or did it change your relationship with your dad? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, to this day, um, my father still has issues with, with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's progressively gotten worse. Yeah. Um, I think through those years, um, it didn't necessarily, um, it didn't necessarily fix our relationship, but there were a lot of moments where we had opportunities to sit down and talk about his life, talk about my life, um, it, and I felt like in those moments that we did get closer. Yeah. Um, because I, I understood that that life is not perfect. Right. And that addiction is a lot deeper than a decision in that yeah. time. Right. Um, and I, I would say kind of like in those those years once I got out of high school, it, it was a pretty good relationship. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, even to this day, um, you know, when we do have an opportunity to kind of catch up, you know, things things are a lot better than what 
it was when I was a, a, a little younger. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's in a, it's in a good place. Um, and I love that man. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, you, you said it like our, our dads are really kind of like our first superheroes that we believe in, that we love, that we look up to. Like my dad, I felt the same way. I feel the same way, but my dad, but at the same time, as we grow older, like we, we also see like their faults and see where they fall short. And I think that the the moment that a son like realizes that their dad is not perfect is kind of a big deal yeah. you know um and the reality is is that there will always be that moment like right. you know and for some like for yourself like it, it was you realizing you know your dad had a problem like a serious problem you right. know um where for some of us you know maybe my dad doesn't have an addiction problem but there are issues, you know, there are faults. There are things that, hey, you know, my dad is not perfect. Um, he didn't, he didn't get this right or that right. Right. Um, but I also think like, it's interesting how, you know, just talking about fathers, how we're, we're giving, we're given, you know, these, these pictures of our dads where they're, they're just like these strong, like immovable always going to be there nothing can knock them down figure in our lives and then the moment that we realize like oh superman bleeds yeah it's like wait a second what does that mean what does that mean for me what does that mean about you know how i felt safe and how i felt so so secure and now it that's not the case you know and it kind of makes you question everything um but I kind of want to talk about, you know, the fact that you, you haven't, haven't gone through that. Yeah. And, and like you just said, I mean, it's not something that necessarily got fixed. Like this is still a thing in your life, in your father's life. But now you're in a position now, we're talking about present day where you're, you're literally, you're not a, you're not a dad yet. Right. But, uh, you're in a position now as a youth pastor where you are a male leader in, in young people's life. Right. You know what I mean? They, and, you know, again, you're not their father, but you are a leader. You are a male role model for them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, dude, like, talk to me about how... Because, you know, everything that you've gone through would say you, that you wouldn't be where you're at. Right. You know? Issues with your dad not feeling accepted, uh, addiction issues, all of that would point to, well, Rob would would probably have the same issues in his life right. and then not put himself in a position where he's leading other people, you know? But, but because you had this experience with the Lord and he changed everything for you, even if he didn't change everything, he changed everything in you. Right. And now you're in a position to lead young people. Like, t- talk to me about that. Like, going from... You know, having having that in your life where you have that 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 strain in your relationship with your dad to hey, I'm I'm leading young people to Christ now. Right, right. You know, like what for you? Like what 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 motivates you? What what is it that that you have in your mind when you do ministry? Right. No, I I think it's definitely a couple of things. Um, I think what really, I think there were a few things that got me to this point. Yeah. One, uh, 
it was in youth ministry uh, in a summer camp where I met God. Yeah. And like I got saved. Right. Like in those, like in that moment, like it wasn't, it wasn't a Sunday service, um, which we need. It's amazing. Like right. I love our, our weekend services, but like for my story, it, it was a, it was in youth ministry, like where yeah. I met the Lord for the first time. Uh, and then when I, when I graduated high school, my youth pastor at the time was like, Hey, I know you don't have it together at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know that you don't even like you that you probably haven't even thought about it, but I want you to serve on our youth ministry team. And I was like, okay, like I'll try it out. You know, yeah. like some of the you know these kids are are younger than I am, and you know it it's uh, it'd be a good place to be involved. Yeah. And I I got my small group. I had uh, I had you know sixth and seventh graders like at that time, maybe like in two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten. And I think what really drew me to it was as I got closer to my group, uh, there was so much to relate with them. Yeah, I really saw my my life, even little bits of my story in yeah. them. Yeah. And I'll never forget that as you know, a 13, 14, 15 year old, um, I didn't have a godly influence like in my life mm-hmm. that could be there for me, that could pray for me, that could you know, help guide me and answer maybe some questions that I had about my faith and about yeah. God and about life itself. And I really made that decision at maybe 19, 20 years old where I said, you know what? I, I see the need. Like I, I see like, I see why God has put me in this place. Yeah. Like it's to help be, you know, be there for young people to love on them, to pray for them, to be a support system, to yeah. be a, cons- a consistency, uh, for maybe in a lifestyle of, of their lives that right. have no consistency. Yeah. Uh, and it, I've done other things, of course, like worship. I was part of a drama team. Uh, many <laughs> other different things, yeah. like typical like Spanish church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's always got to be like a drama team for sure. <laughs> but it was always youth ministry where yeah. you could have those raw conversations. And I, I remember like back in 2016, there was a student of mine. Uh, he was, he was about like 16 or 17 years old. And we had a, we had a youth service one night and I can tell the Lord touched him. And, you know, we, I prayed with him and talked to him a little bit about his life. And in that moment, I could tell he had that same God encounter that I had almost 10 years ago. Yeah. And we got close. We would hang out maybe like three, four times a week getting Jack in the box. Yeah. <laughs> he would get, he would get like coupons and we would just talk about God for hours. Yeah. And it, it's just been something that like, that I've loved to be a part of. Yeah. To like watch young people, uh, in the mess, uh, of what culture is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much culture like pushes back on, you know, don't serve God, don't live for God, live for yourself, for, yeah. for your validation, for your right. happiness, for what you want to do, what you want right. to become. For sure. And for students to still say yes to God. Right. Like those moments are worth it. Yeah. Like those sleepless nights at summer camp, like they're <laughs> they're they're worth like yeah. seeing students like in an altar saying like yes to God. Yeah. And it's it's something that, you know, even as I've gotten older, like I, I never want to stop doing like right. I love seeing young people like 
give their lives to God, to serve God, to love God. Yeah. Uh, it's so rewarding. Um, and I, I would say like a lot of like my, you know, my wife and I and our leaders, we see ourselves mm-hmm. in our students and we pray that they, that our students make better decisions that, than we did. Yeah. Um, and that we create a pathway for them to stay connected in the church, to experience God, to serve God, to serve the church. Um, that's, that's really what we believe. Right. And it's, it's a full circle moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really cool, man. Like I, I, I agree. So, you know, I, you know, Ruthie and I, we, we served as youth pastors at our old church as well mm-hmm. for a long time. And I, I was serving youth ministry as early as I could remember serving at youth camps. Right. Um, and that's why, that's why I enjoy going back. Cause yeah. I, I also had God encounter at camps, you know, I understand th- there is such a power in, in, in the camping ministry that it's the only reason why churches continue to do it because God does something when, right. you know, young people isolate themselves somewhere in the woods yeah. and just dedicate the days to like, you know, really just leaning in and trying to hear from the Lord. Right. Um, and so I, I I totally understand when you say it's a full circle circle moment because like yeah even even just you know a couple of weeks ago when we were there uh you know praying for some of the young guys like and I'm just like dude I, re- I remember I know where you're at you right. know I re- I know where you're at because this is this is what I went through too you know and yeah. just seeing them receive from the Lord is is kind of like a man like God still does it right you know he still right. does it and so um <clears throat> Okay, so let, let's. Okay, so you know, having having overcome or having worked through like some of the challenges that your family's faced, mm-hmm. you know, and now again you're serving. You're you're the youth pastor at your local church, and you guys are doing an amazing job. Like, wh- what is kind of, because um, I I I know you like. I know that you don't necessarily look at yourself as like, um, how do I say this? Like, I know that you're, you don't just say, well, I'm, I'm a youth pastor and that's what I am. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I know for you, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's more than just that, you know, you're not, you don't look at what you do as just like a job title or like a, you know, just a role that you just got to fill. Right. Like I know for you, it's, it's a, it's a mission in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and and to be honest too, like just kind of tying it back into where where we live now in Santa Rosa, you know, we and we were just talking about a little bit before, um, uh, you know, that we recently had a couple of shootings here in Santa Rosa that right. are dealing with fourteen and fifteen year old kids that are literally pulling the trigger, and then another fourteen fifteen year old kids dying on the streets is insane to me. Um, like for you, what is what is what is that mission here in this moment in your life, in your ministry, in you right. and your wife, right? Because you guys work together. But what mm-hmm. is that? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to see here? Yeah. No, it's a it's a great question. I guess simplistically is we we want to just show who Christ is yeah. to a generation that that is hungry for like 
for God, yeah. that is hungry for fulfillment, that is hungry for acceptance, that is hungry for a, a just a life changing encounter. Right. Uh, and it, you know, we kind of talked about it off camera. Really, what's taken place uh, in our school systems, yeah. in our generation in the last couple of months, yeah. Um, parents, students, young people, like they they are searching for right. for something, yeah. Um, and it our mission, like our mission, like through Movement United, like through the Promise Center, it is to show that answer, mm. to show Christ, like to a hurting generation, to hurting families, to individuals like in our county, in our city, like who God is and how he changed our lives and what he wants to do in their lives. Um, And so we create a space uh, every Sunday night for students to walk in, for families to walk in. Mm -hmm. I'm always very open for families to, hey, come, come and sit in and see what is truly happening. Right. And I guarantee you that you like, you'll never want to walk, like you'll never want your kid to walk away from this. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's not easy um, because of the times that we live, the culture that we live in. Um, There's many different influences. There's many different thoughts. There's many different opinions. Yeah. Um, And we like, we fight for, the the souls of our students the souls of like the students of sonoma county like we want every student that walks through our doors or that are in the school systems that are in our high schools in our middle schools to know god yeah and anything less than that like we we are fighting for it every day Mm -hmm. and so our leaders our leaders are so passionate yeah they're they're incredible leaders um i know that you know some of them you have great relationships with them um they do an amazing job of you know spending time with students pouring into students you know uh, encouraging students for them to see the bigger picture of their lives that students may not see like in that present moment yeah um so that's that's really where we're at, and we're yeah. we're excited about what God is doing, right. uh, like in our ministry, like in our church, like God's hand is in it, and uh, like we know that exciting times like are still ahead of us. Yeah, and that, I think that that's like even with you know kind of the 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 news, the chaos of what has been happening here locally in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. I think that anytime stuff like this pops up, it's it's like, okay, we know that God's doing something, you right. know, because like, I mean, the stuff like this is is pushing back, right? And so we know what God is doing is is, and you're right, dude. Like, I, and I I see it, I hear it, um, you know, in in the students of Sonoma County, they they want something real, right? Like, and I think it's always been like that, even when we were young, yeah. <laughs> well, we're still young, but even when <laughs> we were like teenagers, right? We we want something real. Young people want something real that they know is a hundred percent authentic. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah, everyone tries to give them something that is not, mm-hmm. and they end up turning to something else. Well, what's next? What's the next thing? So like, I, I, I believe that students here in Sonoma County are looking for something, right? They're looking for something real and authentic. And I think that, you know, for yourself, for really honestly, uh, youth pastors all across the County, like mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for you to step in and and be the the voice, right. you know, and let the Lord use you to 
to preach the gospel, to share something real with them. Um, but I, I believe like because of, of what's been happening, like it's a testament, like God's doing something. Right. And and he's about to do something more. You yeah. know, he's about to take it an, an, another step forward. He's about to do something bigger. Um, and that's what kind of the, um, I guess you can say like some of the un- uneasiness and even like discomfort that we're feeling right now. Right. Um, because there, it really, there is, you know, you, it's kind of hard to hear that, you know, 15 year old kid passed away yeah. um, from gun violence, from gang violence, and then be okay with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, and, and and you know, being being someone that has seen you and your wife doing ministry, like you know, and I I, I could speak for for Rob and his wife that like they are the real deal when they say they want to be there for your students. When Rob says like I just want to be there for students, like you know, you guys are. I feel like that's what to me really speaks volume about you and your wife and mm-hmm. your team, your ministry, your team team together is that you guys. It's not just about Sunday night youth gatherings. Right. You guys are there for sporting events. You guys are there for parties, for birthdays, for anything that you guys can get be able right. to go to. You yeah. guys are there. <laughs> you guys are like you guys are at the school, at their homes, wherever, like just cheering them on. Mm-hmm. And I just I always believe that um when you do that, when you show up for them, like it it, that's that sticks with them like forever yeah, for sure you know and you guys are real about that and i i love that you guys do that um and so because i i feel because it's like what you said right like you you want to be there for them yeah yeah we're definitely um we're not event based right we're journey based uh, and that's mm. something that like my wife and i like we preach down to like our leaders yeah like we are not a hour and a half ministry, right. but we are a 24-7 like ministry mm. like to our students, yeah. to our families. Uh, like we want to be there like in the good and the bad. Uh, you know, we want to be there like in the highs and the lows. Um, and that and that requires more than a four o'clock setup and mm. then an eight o'clock teardown on right. a Sunday night. Right. Like we like if and it, I say this like every year, like when we meet with our leaders in the beginning of the year, like, hey, if we're saying yes to this, we are all in on this. Mm. Uh, and we have a God that is leading the way. Uh, and he's going to take care of the things that that we just that we just don't have the answers for. Right. For uh, sure. And it's and it's shown uh, in our students growth, uh, in our team's growth, that family see it the church sees it that mm-hmm. like we have leaders that that truly care that are invested that want to help be the difference maker in you know their child or their students saying yes to Jesus serving Jesus loving Jesus and not being a statistic right uh like in those teenage years or when they get out of high school yeah something that i've shared with my team is that uh, and I heard this on on a podcast a while back, uh, is that three, or let me rephrase that, that two out of three students uh, that lead, you know, that get out of high school, they will walk away from the faith. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we had a, a couple of graduates that just graduated from high school. And like, that's over, that's over 60% yeah. of like our students that we just, 
served for the last four years, yeah, the statistics say that they could realistically walk away from it. Yeah. Um, and so like what we like, you know, th- what we tell our leaders is that this really is life or death. Yeah. Uh, this is like what, what we are doing is truly the difference. And we're going to f- like, we're going to fight for our students. We're going to mm-hmm. fight for the homes, uh, for the families of the promise center, for the students and yeah. the families of Sonoma County, right. uh, because it is life or death mm-hmm. and it's so easy to walk away. Um, but we're going to fight and God yeah. and God will take care of the rest. Yeah. So, uh, MU Movement United, the youth ministry, you guys are middle school and high school, mm-hmm. right? So grades 6 to 12, right? right. And you meet Sundays at what time? 5.30. 5.30 at, at the Promise Center Church. Right. And um, well, I'll put the Movement United Instagram handle on here. So We need it. <laughs> if, if, you're young, if you're a young person and you're looking for community, looking for a place to just get to know some people, um, this is the place to go. Yeah. You know, I think it's it truly is. Um, before, before we wrap up, I just want to, um, give you an opportunity to speak to anyone who could possibly be dealing with, you know, any kind of addiction or addiction in the family, like in, in your case that you have experienced as well, like, what would you say to somebody who's just having that, that experience in their life right now? Yeah. Um, I think what I would say is that number one, you are loved, mm. you're known, and there there is a support system out there for you. Yeah, there's people that want to be there for you, that want to support you, that 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 do love you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you are not on your own, um, and I I know growing growing up and as I've come to, you know, just understand addiction a little bit deeper is that uh, a lot of it does have to do with isolation and mm-hmm. feeling that it is me that has this only problem. Right. You know, it is me that's the, the black sheep of the mm-hmm. family or, you know, I'm the only individual that has these types of issues. Like, if I could say anything, is I want you to know that, like, hey, you are not alone. Like, yeah, I have your back. We have your back. Like, you... you there is so much more. Yeah. God wants you to know that. Right. And it's uh it's it's not the final chapter of your story. Yeah. Uh I I thought at one point it was the final chapter of my story. Right. And it had nothing I I personally didn't deal with addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh I was it, it was just kind of like the the repercussion of someone else's addiction where right. I I felt like a black sheep. Yeah. I felt like you know, it's it's my family that just has the problems yeah. and the issues yeah. and stuff like that. And I, I'm reminded of Psalm 68 where it says that, like, he is a father to the fatherless. Mm. And that was mm. something that, like, I dealt with. Yeah. Uh, of, of Even though my father was there, we, right. you know, would, would try to have a great relationship, it still felt fatherless. Yeah. And I, I'm just reminded of that scripture tonight. And yeah. he has been a father. Yeah. And he's laid people like in my life to be spiritual fathers. Right. And I, I've been able to share like my story, like with my spiritual father. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a mentor here uh, in our local church that I meet with at least, you know, a couple times a month. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's been life changing. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that's cool, man. And I I think that <clears throat> as as you said, you know, like your your history has a family of addiction to alcohol, and and it sounds like it was in every generation, and it is so. Even though even though it's something your dad's still struggling with, and mm-hmm. and um, it's 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 kind of awesome to see that it's something that you chose not to struggle with. Right. You know, it's something that you, there was a time where you made a decision that that is not what you're going to do. Yeah. It stops here. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, for somebody to make that decision when you've grew up in a family where that's just the norm is, you know, and obviously I know where you got that strength, that, um, that fortitude, that, it's from the Lord, right? right? Where he changed your life and you realize like, this is not for me. This is not, I'm, that is not how my life is going to be. Right. Um, and so I, I would add in that, like, you know, you have the, you know, you have the power to decide whether that continues or not in your family. Right. You know, and it may be alcohol for one family, maybe pornography for another, for drugs for another, maybe pride or selfishness, like things like this that really just tear families apart. Mm-hmm. You can make the decision to stop. It could stop with you, right. you know. And I think that your life is a testimony to that. Appreciate it. Is man. proof. So, dude, I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Thank you. Like, I, and I, I mean this, uh, like wholeheartedly. You're an amazing uh, encourager, dude. Like, uh, I think um, every time I see you, you got a smile on your face, even if things are probably going wrong. (laughs) 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 You you know, you got a a smile on your face. Um, But just the way that you really focus on lifting other people up Mm -hmm. and pushing them forward is is life-giving. It's amazing. Um, And, dude, honestly, just from somebody who's, you know, worked in youth ministry – uh, you know, I just, I, I bless you and Jenny and what you guys are doing. And I wholeheartedly believe that you guys are in the right place at the right time. Right. And I believe that God will continue to use you guys and in, in whatever it is you do from here. Um, and w- you know, it's, it's funny cause somebody had asked me like, you know, uh, you know, wh- why do you like keep like doing camps and keep like kind of hanging around youth ministry. Right. And honestly, for me, I love it. I don't know if I'll be ever, I don't, seriously, I don't know if I'll ever really be able to like not do something. Right. Um, but I think the constant idea that one of these days, one of these kids is going to be my kid's youth pastor. Right. Is what sticks in my head. Like, yeah, one of these, somebody here in this room is going to be my kid's youth pastor. Yeah. You know? And so, I know how my kids are. Yeah. I need to do everything I can to prepare this person for my kids. Right. But at the same time, like that is our job, right? Like yeah. we, we're supposed to pour into the next generation. Right. And it's supposed to continue forward from there. So Yeah. It's a full circle moment. And yeah. it, like we have students uh now that are entering middle school. Um mm. which we kind of shared. Like my yeah. my wife like grew up in right. our church that we're serving in right now. Right. And some students that are now a part of, you know, our student ministry, their parents were my wife's youth leaders, yeah. youth pastors. Right. And it's been a full circle moment where it it's it really comes around. Yeah. And, and I honor, like, those leaders that right. believed in my wife. 
mm. that believed like in her ministry, like in her calling, uh, in our ministry, right. and did not let up on that. Yeah. So shout out to the Cordovas. There you go. Incredible leaders, incredible friends. Yeah. Like, people. Yeah. I, I'm. I. I think I. I drop their name at least once every episode, bro. Like seriously, like right. they're an amazing family. Like right. I look up to both of them, and um, yeah, they're great. So amazing. But that's that's so cool to like you know, because of them, you know, they're she's here. She is you know, and because yeah, and that's what it is, bro. It's because and it's because they showed up. They right. kept showing up for her. Right. Being there for her, like right. And that's what you guys are doing, and that's what will continue to happen. So yeah, appreciate Dude, you, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for being on the podcast. Thanks, bro. Love and. It. Uh, uh i'll I'll drop the handle to to movement like you guys can you know feel free to message if you're a parent watching and you want to know more information feel free to reach out to them they'll get back to you let you know time and like rob said you're more than welcome to go and check it out um just to get a feel for what you know what the kids do there i Mm -hmm. see parents there quite a bit actually that will just check it out poke the head in and then leave you know so (laughs) um but Rob, thanks so much, bro, for being on yeah. the podcast. Thanks for having me on, bro. Of course. Love you it. guys, thank you for watching. Until next time, peace out.